two keywords that I go back to over and over is relationships and community. But you can't rely on an ad to build a relationship with your brand because people don't trust it. That's not really 100% a positive experience. Ads should be relied on to close the loop on a relationship that you have already started somewhere else. That's Marissa Stahl. I'm Kara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Welcome to the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to chat with you on this platform. I'm really excited to get a chance for everyone to learn who you are today. We've been working together for like a year and a half now, maybe. Yeah, I think and so. you, besides just being a really awesome and cool human, you are really great at the work you do. You bring great questions to our Thrive calls, to one-on-one calls. You care so much about your clients and your team. And I think how you're approaching modern marketing for businesses is really ahead of the curve of where a lot of people, I think, who have gotten into the marketing and the digital marketing space in the last decade are kind of stuck and not sure what next looks like because it changes so much. So I'm really excited just to tell everyone who you are and what you're up to. So let's just start right there. What's your name? Where are you in the world? And what are you up to? Yeah. Um, Well, my name is Marissa Stahl. I am in Santa Monica, California, but I grew up in Tampa, Florida. So I'm a Florida girl at heart with the good and the bad. Um, (laughs) And so I'm currently the CEO and founder of Cherry Creative, which is a digital boutique digital marketing agency based in California. But we have worked with clients all over the country and the world, including Australia. So I've had some fun navigating the challenges of scheduling meetings across many a time zone. But um, yeah, we started as a social media specific agency, but it really just ended up happening where a lot of our clients needed these other digital marketing tools like email or paid ads or assistance with their websites that we really could advise on um, and could really connect and bring like a full 360 approach to what they were doing in the digital marketing space. Because my belief is really like, you can't just rely on social media. You can't just rely on email. You can't just rely on any one thing. You have to really do it all in order to have the most effective marketing strategy. Well, that's something I think that you do such a great job at, at Cherry Creative is thinking about each partner you have, each client in a very holistic 360 way. Is that something that you've, like, how did you get there? Because if you started in social media specific, was it realizing like, oh gosh, like I wish we could do this for them? Or how did you decide to be more holistic and work in in all the ways that marketing can for a client? I think it really kind of just to go back a little bit into my, where I started background, because I think that's really where it stems from in the beginning is I um, was a theater major in college. So I have a vast uh, background in acting and in storytelling. And I think that is a big part of what I bring to marketing. Like marketing at the end of the day is just storytelling around whatever brand or product or mission you have and are trying to communicate across all of your marketing channels. Um, So I think in bringing that knowledge, and it's honestly just a desire for myself and what I'm interested in to make sure that 
we're telling the full circle story, no matter what it is, whether it's a creative endeavor, like a play or something that I'm involved in Mm -hmm. on the side, or when it comes to my clients. But it was a lot of that approach where I saw that we were doing kind of as much as we could on social, but some clients were being frustrated because things weren't exactly working out the way that they needed and just have working in the space for so long and having the opportunity to work alongside a lot of other marketing professionals through other clients who were owning those other channels. I saw the opportunity with clients who didn't have someone who was owning their email or owning their paid ads to really step in, like be that expert voice of like, we can make the social media work that we're doing so much more effective if we have these other channels to rely on and lean on, um, whether when it comes to partnerships or just their brand storytelling overall. Mm -hmm. There's so many clients who come to me and I'm sure you as well. And they think that Instagram is going to make or save their business. True or false? (laughs) It's a tricky answer. I think a, a lot of stuff with social is, um, the answer is not yes or no. And I think that's why people get so frustrated by it because it could save it, but it also could not. And I definitely wouldn't um, recommend anyone just do Instagram, especially right now, um, or just do one particular channel because things can change in an instant. But, you know, there are those stories where people's businesses have been completely changed by just Mm -hmm. one platform. So I understand where that comes from and it's not impossible, but it's just safer to, you know, spread out, spread out what you're doing. Yeah. Diversify the risk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like our finances, we have to diversify the risk <laughs> everywhere in business too. Well, especially when that's, if, if you're only relying on one method to generate income, you and I have talked a lot and you've heard me say that we can't forget about direct selling and what that looks yeah. like, whether it's you know, walking door to door or calling people or going to events. Like there has to be a human element behind whatever you're selling. And I think that there's an illusion out there that if we have just an Instagram account and a Shopify account, I don't need to do any of that because Instagram will do it for me. And I think people forget that we still need to build a relationship with people through these platforms. It's not just show up and say hi, unless you're going to spend you know, half a million dollars on ads and let the ads build that relationship for you. It's where I think people forget that marketing is sales and marketing is the communication that you mentioned earlier. And like, what conversation do you want to have with your dream customers? Because they don't want to just be told to buy stuff all the time. Yeah. I think you used two keywords that I go back to over and over is relationships and community. So we, you know, you can't rely on an ad to build a relationship with your brand because people don't trust it. That's not really a hundred percent a positive experience. Ads should be relied on to close the loop on a relationship that you have already started somewhere else, whether that be a partnership or in person. I, I know why people have leaned so much on digital because it's easier and it is more cost-effective. But those like in-person touch points or in-person experiences, smaller events, showing up, depending on what the brand is, and really getting your product like into someone's hands and having a face of a person explaining what it is, communicating with them, and like actually starting a relationship is what will build like a long-standing customer. 
And to me, that sounds way more fun. Yeah. And you won't have a community off of like just one-off sales from whatever your product is. It comes from building all these relationships one by one, hopefully a little bit more at a scale when you're able to, but um, one by one. And then those people interacting with each other is like really what creates that community feel. Well, and I also think that people forget that, sure, like you can use an ad to to close the deal. You can use digital elements to like it make the illusion that it's faster and easier. But often those quick turn actions like don't have the loyalty. Like a lot of people right now are freaking out about success they've had on TikTok or success they've had on a different platform. And it's just not there anymore. So it's like what happens after like the one hit wonder kind of goes away from a yeah. viral moment, um, which is why I think it's so smart what you're doing with clients to say, okay, you need an email strategy. What is your PR strategy? Like there's so many opportunities to engage with the people that you want to be in your community. And I mean, this might be me as a business owner, but that's the best part. Like getting mm-hmm. to have the community and have it be something that's more than transactional is what I think makes the business worth having. Otherwise, like, why not sell? Like, you could have a car wash. It wouldn't make a difference. Yeah. And I always see that, too, when with owners or, um, you know, higher up people at the companies that I work with, they get the most excited about the people who got their product and share it organically and want to talk about it or are brand ambassadors. And you don't really create that through Mm -hmm. that transactional initiation. So you have to think about like, okay, what are the opportunities that we can have to create these like organic fans of our brand? And unfortunately, I think, you know, we have seen some successes in the past, like five to 10 years of brands who have been able to build a really loyal community quickly. And so a lot of times small business owners will compare themselves to that, but you don't know how much money that they were putting into the ad spend or Mm -hmm the connections that they had previously to launching this business or, you know, the amount of gifting that they were doing or whatever. So I, I try to get them to understand that going slow and building it organically is the better approach, but I understand why people are impatient too. Everybody is, you know, it's, yeah, it's so hard. And I, and I think that that's where a lot of businesses make a big mistake of you've worked so hard to get to this point. Even if you just started, you had to make so many decisions, so many hours, and then to get mad that you're not getting immediate results. And then people tend to either cut a product off too soon or cut a business off too soon. Like we're not allowing any organic uh, momentum to start getting created. And it's like, you know, the field of dreams quote of if you build it, they will come is a complete lie in business. <laughs> like that is not how it works ever. Um, and so I think people forget that there's a lot of effort that has to go into the marketing and sales side, both from the partners like you that you work with and the brand side as well. Yeah. I think a lot of times, especially with small businesses, people will come in and invest in social and they're like, okay, I'm done now. (laughs) (laughs) You're not done. You definitely need to continue to push, push the needle in, in other areas. When a small business does come to you and they're like, I don't even know where to begin. I know I need help. I know I can't get to all the customers I need on my own. Like where should someone start? Like what's, what's the beginning of figuring out a digital marketing plan? 
So I definitely look at what they've been doing and have a deep conversation with them about what they've tried that has failed and what they've tried that has worked. Then we often talk about, okay, what are other brands that you really like that you think are doing a great job at their marketing? And I kind of push them to think about brands that aren't even in their space. Like Mm -hmm. if you're a beauty brand, you could also love what Apple does. You could love what APL does. So, and then from there getting really clear on like, why do you like what they're doing? And usually it really does come down to storytelling. Like they really tell cool stories that are adjacent to their brand, but aren't exactly directly hitting the nail on the head. And then really just depending on their budget, we'll go into with, okay, with that amount of money, here is what I think we can do. I'm definitely content driven, like strategy first, content second. So we definitely want to make sure that anything that our clients is putting out there is visually representative of the brand that they already have and want to communicate and will also be something that will speak to their target audience. I think a lot of the times people target audience and the content direction that they want don't align or it won't be content that their target audience will respond to because they want to look cool or trendy and their audience is not a cool and trendy person or someone who cares about that. And maybe the Mm -hmm. cool and trendy content will be too aspirational for their target audience to connect with. Um, And we will start normally with social, but then we do peek in like, well, do you have an email strategy? Mm -hmm. If not, what can we do to um, fold this in? Do you have a partnership strategy? If not, let's talk about that and where we can have either some organic or um, free relationships, either with like-minded brands where we can do something on trade or move into like the paid influencer, paid partnership space. Is it, it sounds so hard to me. So you let me know. Is it (laughs) so hard to tell a client when the vision they have for their business is like not going to get them where they need to go? Like if they think their customer is cooler than they are, or if they think their product is cooler than it is, like, do you have to break the news to them in order to do your job well? Sometimes, yes. It's definitely a case-by-case situation. Obviously, that's a delicate thing to advise. I think, you know, those conversations come up sometimes when they're clear that something isn't working. And so then they're a little bit more receptive to help, but you have to gauge when that time is of when they're more receptive to feedback and when they're not. If what if there is a misalignment, it will come to a head at some point of something isn't working, so let's figure out what it is. And yeah, sometimes I do have to have those conversations and whether they disagree with me or agree with me doesn't really matter. I think it's like my responsibility to give my expert opinion. That's what they pay me for. And it's fine if they also don't agree. I'm the first one to say that I don't have all the answers. Like I'm only one brain in the world. That's why I like to have a team or other people to rely on because my brain only thinks the thoughts that it thinks. So, you know, they could have other ideas, the business owner that they want to try out that we're happy to execute. But yeah, those conversations are definitely not fun to have. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think because I think it comes up often when when you're in that, um, when you're responsible for marketing, you are looking at all the reasons why it may or may not work. Like, how do we make sure that this campaign produces the ROI that people want? And I've had so many conversations with 
clients who are trying to help their clients and they're like, oh, but their website isn't functional or it's not on brand or there's always a piece missing. And I think another mistake that businesses make when they're hiring marketing experts or or, or um, agencies to work with, they think it has to be, as you said, really narrow, like just social and I'm done. And it's like, well, what if you use that brain or invited that brain to look at your whole business to really see what you can't see? Because nothing's ever as black and white as we think it is. And we can never see our business the way that somebody else can from the outside. So I think it's really interesting how different people have chosen to navigate those conversations. And often it's a picking your battles for sure. Like, yeah. let's just try it over here. And if we really have the the analytics that proves that the website's what's causing the problem, we'll address it then. But I think for any business owners listening, I would challenge your marketing experts or honestly, any experts you bring in, photographer, videographer, ask them to just look at your brand. Like, what else do they see? Because they'll often can give you a long list of things that they are nervous about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did our, or not redid our website, but... um did a website at the beginning of this year. I didn't even have one for the first year and a half or two years. And I was the one who designed it. And I asked my designer and my other team members to take a look and give me their notes. And they caught so many things that I never even saw. Even just like mm-hmm. this red is not the same red as it over here. Or like this logo coloring is not the same as like this logo coloring. And I never would have seen that because I was too close to it. I think that happens a lot, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to websites, because if you haven't optimized your site in a way that it's easy for people to interact with or check out all the efforts that you're doing on social paid everything is is going to fall flat what are some things that you're really proud of that your company's been able to achieve for clients um i i mean we're mostly in the organic space so i think we're always really proud of real organic growth people like to cheat it with buying followers or buying likes. But it's so fun to see those interactions of someone we gifted or someone we identified as a partner really becoming a fan of the brand and then wanting to continue a relationship from that initial um, whatever it was we initially did with them. Um, This happened with a client of mine. We did a big gifting strategy for their in like the home improvement space. And seeing the products actually in people's homes and how they designed and styled them is always so exciting. Where before we were just working with like the renditions that they had from their website, which are beautiful, but definitely fall flat and don't give you that real personality of how something is going to be in your home. So Mm -hmm. I think it's always exciting when we've secured a partnership or an influencer relationship and they come back with like really fire content that we're like, yes, exactly. They killed it. (laughs) And then the client's really happy to see it. And it's just like, it's that full circle moment. It makes everything worthwhile. What are you most proud of as a business owner yourself? Oh my gosh. Um, I think still going at it every day. Like I never really intended to start a business. It just kind of was something that happened and I'm so grateful for it. And I'm also so grateful and proud of the employees that I have. They're such hardworking women. I They're so reliable. I know how hard it is to find amazing team members and I'm mm-hmm. so grateful that I found them. Yeah. Well, I'm also really proud of you because you just keep showing up and like I... 
I like having clients that want to keep growing and expanding and making the experience for everyone involved better, for you, for your team members, for your clients. That push for excellence, which I really think shows up across all areas of your life, is so embedded in how you run your business. And I think that comes through when you're pitching a client or talking to a new potential lead, how much you care. Like if they're on your team, you're not going to let them down. Yeah. That's a big thing because there's a lot of people who have businesses that are, it's very transactional for them. And they're like, I'm just going to do what's in the SOP and figure out the rest yourself. Yeah. That's not taking care of someone. Not that we shouldn't have boundaries and we shouldn't change the SOP if it needs to, but yeah. Like there's a a level of caring and commitment that you have that um, changes, I think, also not just the ability to trust, but to give you more authority in the projects that you do, which is another complaint that so many marketing agencies have is, you know, we're just the taskmasters. They don't let us actually make any choices or they edit everything a hundred million times. So like, have you consciously put that into how you work with clients? Is it something that you just naturally have leaned in on? Where, where did that come up into your business planning? Yeah, thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. I think, again, that just comes down to my personality is I'm just always been someone who likes to be involved in things like in college, in school growing up, like I wanted to be in um, you know, a leader in my sorority. I wanted to be involved. <laughs> um, so I think that happens with my clients where, you know, we get so invested or deep into their business because we're writing so much copy and explanation about what they're doing, what they're selling, who they are, that we really become experts in their brand. And so it's kind of against my nature to keep things that I know and see that they could be doing better to myself because I do want to help them. I think Mm -hmm. in a service industry, like you really are serving your clients and they're ultimately going to be happier with us if their whole business is working well. And so if we can help them in any space, like we're going to do that. And I really just Mm -hmm. think I'm also a naturally curious person. So I'll poke around and probably sometimes to my detriment, be vocal about (laughs) things that I find sometimes they don't really want to hear it. But, um, I think it's worked pretty well. And I think it's also gone back to that relationship. Like it's created amazing relationships with the people that we work with who want to continue to work with us for years on end um, or bring us in on other businesses or other projects that they have or refer us to other people because we get so invested. Yeah. If we go back to eight-year-old you in Tampa, Florida, would she have imagined that this is what your life is today? I think she would have dreamed it. Like my dream growing up was always to move to LA. Um, But I think if I told that version of myself that I had my own business, was living in Santa Monica with a beautiful full life, she would be in disbelief (laughs) (laughs) or just ecstatic. I'm not sure. But yeah. Yeah. Well, and you have some hidden talents as well. You have an amazing voice. You're a great actress. How are you fulfilling the other creative parts of you that don't fit into your business on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, so that's kind of how I fell into doing social media in the first place was through the acting performative pursuit after college. Like I did all of those side hustle jobs that are stereotypical for an actor. Like I was a, um, I worked at a juice company. I was a nanny. I worked at a restaurant. 
I was a personal assistant, like kind of all the things that you can think of. I would have done Uber probably, but Uber didn't really exist then. I think it was just starting. Um, and it just was so hard. Like that probably was mm -hmm. like the hardest period of my life. Like I have so much respect for people who continue to do that hustle. And I have a lot of friends who are still doing that. And it just like my self-esteem took such a hit with that. And I realized that there was no way I could continue any creative pursuit if I didn't have something stable on the side. That's how I got into marketing. And I think with when you are a creator, whether you're a musician or an actor or something that has like a non-defined linear path, even though really there are no linear paths, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> People will often ask you like, how long are you going to do that? Like I would always get a question after I graduated of how long are you going to pursue acting or how long are you going to try that route? Or when are you going to give up? Like, don't you think it's time? And it just made me so angry because First of all, it was like I was pursuing this for one year before people started asking me that. And no one would be asking anyone in the finance field, how long are you going to do finance? Like you're not successful enough yet. People would give them the runway of 30 years before mm -hmm. they would ever even think about judging them in that way. And I just like to this day stand by the fact that you don't have to be just one thing. And like I can still be a performer and still have a business. Like there's no reason why I can't. Um, I forget what your original question is, but my whole thing is just, you know, you make time and space for the things that you want to do and that you're passionate about. And there's no reason why you have to ever stop doing something just because it's not working out in the way that you want it to. Like maybe it will in 20 years. Mm -hmm. You never know. Well, you, you never know. Yeah. Um, I, I think it goes back to even what we were saying earlier about businesses giving up too soon on a product or even a brand. Like, where's the room for it to find the right time and space where it all makes sense? Yeah. And are you taking chances? Like, anyone who's in a creative space, it's such a vulnerable and emotional and often spiritual commitment yeah. to, I do this because I love it and I'm going to keep doing it. And it doesn't have to make sense to other people. And yeah. I think people who are solely focused in one area, I'm amazed by, of like, aren't you bored? Like, aren't, don't you have questions about anything else? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm confused and impressed. I think at the same time yeah. of how people can be solely dedicated to one thing and blinders on to everything else. Yeah. I think for me, I've had to find over the years, like different ways to fulfill that performative need or desire. And like right now I'm doing more improv. I'm on an improv team. I, we have, you know, practice once a week, we're doing shows. Um, my ultimate goal is to get into musical improv, but I'm trying to get my regular improv better first. And like for now, that's fulfilling that performative need. And like mm -hmm. in 10 years, it will probably look like something different, but that can be its own separate journey. You don't have to not do something like that just because you're a businesswoman now. Like I never subscribed to that. No. One of the artists that I work with calls their, you know, day job, their corporate sponsor. Yeah. And it's not even a full-time day job. It's like a, they're a consultant for a couple of days a week, but it's like, what are you doing? That's allowing you to pay for everything else you care about without crushing yeah. your soul at the same time. <laughs> I think a big part of that. And it was a lot of soul searching for me in, in that like two year period was also realizing that 
I didn't want to sacrifice the life that I wanted for this creative pursuit either. And I think that's Mm -hmm. like a struggle that a lot of artists have to go through is, you know, do I want to continue like sacrificing or is it okay for my life to look the way that it looks right now as I'm on this pursuit? And for some people it is for me, I really struggled with that. And I wanted certain things out of life as well as pursuing something creative, but I knew that I would only get the actual full rounded life that I wanted if I had a business or a career on the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you've said in some of our, our group calls, you're like, I just like nice things and I don't feel guilty about it. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, exactly. We shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, within reason, of course, but definitely I think it's like a reward for all the hard work. Yeah. And, and you're a very logical, strategic, thoughtful person. Like you're not doing your job because you're like, oh, I need that bag. No, it's like, oh, it'd be really great if I I could make it all happen at once. There's actually a post I think going up this week for on my uh, Instagram about the question I think most people are not asking enough. And it's how can I have it all? How can I be the actor? How can I have things in my life that I like and bring me joy? How can I also have a business? How can I also travel? Like, why are we settling to, for making so many sacrifices that I think we often don't realize we're doing because we think it's a, a left, right, black, white choice when it absolutely does not have to be. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think you have to remind yourself of that so many times. And also like having it all doesn't mean that it's going to come with no stress. Like that's mm-hmm. just kind of a part of life and you are going to have to continue to change and rejuggle how you prioritize things throughout your entire life. That's just kind of the fun of being alive, right? I think so. And and I also think that choosing, going after what it all means to you has to really mean for you. We can't have it all that we want, plus what our neighbor has, plus what our mom wants us to have, plus whomever. We have to be able to give up all the things that really aren't for us or don't light us up. Yeah, I think you know, one of my favorite quotes is comparison is the thief of joy. So really staying in your lane. Um, you know, I'm sure you've heard this uh, analogy, but it's the same thing of like when you're driving on the freeway and you, the lane next to you is moving quick. So then you move and then that lane's going slow or the other lane's going fast. It's like, just stay actually in your lane and you'll get where you need to go. I think that's the hardest thing, especially in the social media space, because I'm naturally seeing other people's lives all the time with the work that I do and just continuing to remind myself that like the experiences that I want to have and the life that I want to have looks completely different from theirs and good as mm-hmm. it should. Well, I, I really also admire how you have said, I want to be at this place. How do I get there? And I think about how you've worked with the Emmys for how many years now? The SAG Awards. SAG Awards, um, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've done eight shows now. Yeah. So like, yeah. how did that come up? Because I'm like, I want to hang out at the SAG Awards. And you're just like, oh yeah, this is what I do every year. I work for them. I get to go. It's great. And I'm like, wait, that's an option. You can just <laughs> find a way to, <laughs> to work and get there. <laughs> I love the SAG Awards. It's like the perfect, um, marriage of my acting background and marketing background of what I do. And it, it happened super organically. It actually was an internship that I had in college my last semester um, and with their publicity office. And this is you know, how long ago it was, but they didn't have an Instagram at the time. 
So I, as an intern, was like, we should have an Instagram. And my boss was like, okay, if you want to do it, that's fine. Kind of what's happening like with TikTok right now. Yeah. And so she let me free reign on show day, run around, tap all these actors on the shoulder, ask them if I could take a picture with my iPhone. They were all so confused and just post live to, um, to the Instagram account. And it's such a small team over there. And it's really a family feel because the production office is like the same people every year who do the show. It's the same um, publicity people. And they just bring people back who kind of know what they're doing and know the lay of the land. And I've been super fortunate to have been asked back so many years to help out on the publicity and marketing side. And it's like an amazing experience, obviously, because it's a celebration of just actors with the SAG Awards, which is so fun. And they have the best speeches out of any award season or any show in the season. And then it's also these people that I've worked with for like 10 plus years. So it's a big reunion every year as well. Mm -hmm. It's just, I think this year was the most special to me because it really felt that like a family of just everyone coming together and, you know, seeing the actors is cool, obviously, but it's almost more fun to just hang out with like the friends that you've created over a long Mm -hmm. period of time. Well, and yeah, and just just a reminder for everyone listening to think about what you want in your life and figure out creative ways to get there. It's so often the way that we think is the only path to get there is so wrong. There's so many other ways. Yeah. Um, and finding your people, I think, also matters. And I think you also do a really great job of that. You've You've been successful in finding people for your team. You have a great social circle yourself. Like you do a great job of volunteering yourself to be in spaces that you want to be a part of. And I wish more people did that for themselves. Yeah. I mean, I think more than half of the battle is just showing up for people or for, you know, whether it's your clients or whether it's friends or a relationship that you're in. Like I just went to a friend of mine from high school, had a show last night in LA and I went to it like by myself, couldn't find any other friends to go, but just to show up. And I think people remember that. And it also it brings me joy of like seeing my friends do things that they're badass at. Um, and I just like experiences. That's like really what I like to spend my time and money on is like doing and experiencing new things. But I think just weaseling your way in is like <laughs> the theme. Like I weasel my way into my clients of like doing more work for them. I weasel my way into like new friend groups or situations that I want to have. Um, I think actually that I used to be super shy growing up, which now I'm not really as shy at all. But when I came to USC for college, I didn't know anyone. So I really had to push myself to put myself out of that comfort zone, push, put myself in new situation so I can meet people and like actually make friends. It's a skill set that will give you access to anything you want. Mm -hmm. When you hear the words powerful and ladies, do they mean something when they're on their own versus when they're next to each other and combined? Hmm. Well, they definitely mean something separately for sure. Um, I mean, powerful to me, I think is such a great word because to me it really just means like you can do anything like you're capable of anything you put your mind to and like successful in everything that you can execute um and lady i feel like i've always considered myself a lady like i definitely look and feel better when i feel good about how i look and kind of 
you know, usually present myself in a more polished way. Um, I think in conjunction, they, you know, bring together both of the themes of those words of what I just spoke about, like really pushing yourself through any space that you want to be in, but like in a blight way that, you know, with a smile on your face, where you're going to be well-received. Mm-hmm. When you look at how you've gotten from Tampa to where you are now, who are some of the powerful ladies who have helped you get there? Oh my gosh. Well, definitely my mom, just my parents in general. Um, and so many along the way, like definitely joining a sorority in college was a good thing for me to have a good community of amazing women who were really like-minded. I think that was a great part for me about going to the school that I went to is most of my friends are ambitious and want more out of life and like believe that that's possible. So I kind of was raised into adulthood with that mindset. And USC does a really good job at brainwashing you in that way as well of like, you can do anything you want to do. Um, which I think is an amazing experience to have because you just kind of have this, you know, disillusioned view that you can really conquer whatever you want, but then, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all about the mindset. Um, my sister is for sure a powerful lady along the way. Like we have, we are completely different, but she is such a hard worker and so driven and really shows up for everyone in her life. She's one of the most caring people that I know and has amazing friends and um loved ones who really like show up for her in return and i definitely have some had some amazing bosses like my first boss in social media was great like really took me under her wing really wanted to teach me and like grow with me with the company and really gave me a lot of um free reign to kind of take control of, of clients or take control of projects and gave me a lot of trust there. And you know, like, as well. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you, I like always, always tell how much you've like changed my business and helped me along the way, but you really did lead me into like this new phase of business and really helped me get to where I am right now. And I couldn't, would not be here without you for sure. Well, that means a lot um to me so thank you for saying that and i it's i think it's just like that perfect alignment right of i i heard a quote today rain um wilson is currently on the uh which podcast the ritual podcast and they keep dropping these knowledge bombs that he shared on that podcast and he's the character who plays dwight in the office Mm -hmm. so not someone that you think of as like this spiritual guru of like mindset and then you see Rain Wilson sharing these clips of the upcoming podcast. You're like, wait, what? And the one that he shared today was about how like we're all here to help other people achieve their dreams. And we can actually achieve our dream if we like surrender our dream to the universe and just focus on helping other people. All of a sudden you look around, you're like, holy shit, like my dream that I wrote down however many years ago is actually happening. Yeah. And I think that's um, I think that's something that you and I share of like just loving, helping move someone forward. Like I get so much joy out of seeing you win and seeing the other clients win. And then the even echo effect of like, well, look at what your clients are doing now. Like it's when we see how connected we all are, it 
it, I think it shifts being able to stay in that positive mindset and the, yeah, we can do anything approach. Like most of the problems we have ourselves and in the universe, we know how to fix or someone does. Yeah. So then I mean, it's like, think, well, why aren't they fixed? <laughs> yeah. For me, a lot of that, or a lot of my journey from Florida to here was also just letting whatever was going to happen, happen. Anytime I've had a plan or a thought of how things are going to go or how I want things to go, it never goes that way. And in the moments when I've been able to fully surrender and just be like, okay, God, okay, universe, show me what you want for me. Everything has worked out so much easier and just fallen into my lap and has Mm -hmm. invited me into spaces that I never thought I would be in or introduced me to people who have really changed my life. And I try to do that more. It's probably the biggest thing that I struggle with of just trusting the process and trusting that whatever's going to happen, happen and have a plan and do good work along the way, but also just let it let go. Mm -hmm. Would you have a practice that allows you to stay in touch with that? Are you meditating, praying? Like, what are you doing to keep remembering that? A few different things. Um, I do this magical morning practice with a friend of mine in France. It actually is a thing that came from Gala Darling, who's really big in like tapping manifestation space. Um, And you, we send voice notes to each other every morning where we say um, five things you're grateful for, five affirmations. And then you say how you want your day to go that current day, but you say it in past tense. And then you say what you want to happen in the future, but you say it in past tense. Um, And I always do that on a walk. So definitely being outside and like having that space to think for me is really, really important. And praying as well. Um, You know, I was raised very Christian and have, you know, continued my journey in my own way throughout my adult life. But just allowing space and quiet time, I think is hard for me, but that's definitely necessary in order to surrender and trust the process. The people who I have met through my business through this podcast who are going through life with the most success, the most freedom, the most ease. They have always had a very strong practice of with a spiritual element of knowing that they can't control everything. They're just going to work their hardest and be open to what shows up. And it's been really interesting because it's been across faiths, across belief systems, But the people who, they're not people who worry a lot. Like, yes, there's still stress. Yes, there's still anxiety. Like, yes, there's still pressure. Um, But it's at a level that they don't stay in for very long uh, versus there's been people who have coached who hang out in this worry space so much where it's paralyzing them to take any action. And sometimes I think it's just because we think that we have the ability to cause anything right like I, I, there's a funny balance i think yeah. we have to do of remembering how powerful we are and how unpowerful we are in equal amounts so that we can believe in the power that we have to ma- to be influenced in our lives and outcomes but also remember like it's all a game <laughs> like i really don't know yeah. how how it's going to shake out um so, you know, what would it look like to just relax about it along the way? I think for me, it's that's kind of where the acting thing has come into play. And I notice myself getting more stressed out about work when I don't have 
something fulfilling that performative need because you mm-hmm. just need to diversify your attention as well. It's kind yeah. of like when people say date, but date multiple people. So you don't get too attached to one person in the beginning stages, of course. Um, it's the same, I think, with work is I'm so much easier to just, it's so much easier for me to relax and be like, it's going to work out. It's going to work out, you know, when I lose a client or have a shift in some way, when I have something else to go on and put my attention on that I enjoy doing. It's like way easier said than done. But I think that is the biggest thing that I struggle with is like continuing to let go and like remind yourself that it's all going to work out. Like it's worked out this far. It's going to (laughs) continue to work out. Yeah. Well, and have that play element, right? Like when you're performing and acting, I'm sure you get to laugh at yourself more and you get to laugh with other people more. And it adds so many key things that we need as humans. There's a social element, there's a play element, there's a step inside someone else's experience element. And there's being super present, right? Because it's a reactionary listening based game. So so many of those things are so critical for people to figure out how to embed into their lives because it doesn't have to be through acting, but we still need those core elements in, in our lives as well. A lot of people do it through like sports, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think improv has been so good for me in the past year to go back to, because it's kind of the antithesis of who I am in my normal life. Like it's not put together. It's not, you know, I can, I'm kind of trying to be a recovering perfectionist, but I am not usually. (laughs) So you, you have to be sloppy. You have to be silly. You have to act before you think you can't, um, have your own idea. Like you really just have to go in blind and let go. And it's so fun. I know people get really scared of it, but I really recommend anyone to do just like a one-on-one class. It's a great way to meet people and just play. Like you just laugh the whole time and just play and it's a permission to be silly and crazy and weird and everyone's doing it. So you don't feel weird about your weird. How has working in the improv space made your business better or made you a better leader in your business? I mean, I think theater just with improv and my theater background as well is so much about team building it's so much about relationship building. Like whenever you're in a play, you become a little family and every single person is important from the lighting person to stage management crew to, you know, there's no small parts, only small actors. Like it's all about, you're all working towards a common goal. And that's the same with, you know, business or what we were talking about earlier. Like we're all here to make this successful. You're, you might be paying me as a part of that process, but I'm also on your team. Like I believe in what you're doing. And I think with my own team members as well, I, you know, try to implement that philosophy of making it a good place to work, making it fun as possible, as fun as possible, or just making them feel valued and, and rewarded as much as I can. Mm-hmm. What is your dream client? Who are you looking for? Who would you love to work with? Oh my gosh. Dream client. Um, I, I'm not a big like personality person, but I would would love to work with like a celebrity adjacent brand with someone who's really interested and invested in the product. So like Oprah for a while, she had this, um, I think it was like before she did her Weight Watchers, um, but she had this like frozen food collaboration. And I always thought that would be really fun 
if she would be invested in it or mm-hmm. um like a goop situation where the founder is still really invested or Aveline, something like that mm-hmm. just because i think you can build so many fun stories around it and content opportunities. We've been asking everyone where they put themselves on the Powerful Ladies podcast. If zero is an average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful lady you can imagine, where would you put yourself today and on average? Oh my gosh. Um, today, probably like an eight. I feel good today. Probably like six, seven on average. Yeah. Because I think of, you know, a 10, like Margaret Thatcher or something like that. <laughs> Maybe I'll get there one day, but I don't know if I even want to. So. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, we've also been asking everyone this year, what is something you want? What is something you're manifesting that we can share with the Powerful Ladies community and universe so we can help you make it happen? Oh my gosh. Um, something that I want. I would love an international client or like a travel-based client um, to work with and do fun partnerships around and events and that kind of stuff would be amazing. Um, yeah, I'm like trying to think of other things. I feel like this is a good opportunity <laughs> to like manifest something. Um, yeah, I think just like growth in all areas of my life is constantly what I'm going after. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, for everyone who wants to hang out with you, hire you, support you, go see you uh, on improv, where can they find, follow, and support you? Yes. Well, if you want to hire us, um, go to our website, cherry-creative.com. And if you want to find me, that'll be all my uh, improv stuff. And I share a lot of work there too. It's Marissa, M-A-R-I-S-S-A-C, as in Cherry. Cherry's my middle name. That's where the same comes from. Um, and Stahl, S-C-A-H-L, all one word on Instagram. That's probably the best place. I'm so excited to see what you're up to this year and to see what you're creating. Um, it's an honor to have you today. Thank you for being a yes to me, to Powerful Ladies, and for sharing your story today. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me, Kara. It's always fun to talk to you. All the links to connect with Marissa and Cherry Creative are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review. Come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, visit caraduffy.com or cara underscore Duffy on Instagram. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.